Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What is up, Broncos country? My name is Kev Dan, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Come to believe it, the Broncos can, in fact, win in September as we sit here and talk about the Broncos' big victory on the road against the New York Giants. John and I are here uh, to break down everything that we saw, the good, the bad, uh, and unfortunately, some ugly when it came to injuries. But I think the Broncos are going to do okay as they look to get ready uh, to go back on the road out to Jacksonville this next week. Really quickly, if you're liking this podcast, please hit uh, subscribe. Uh, and give us some comments and some reviews. Those help us out a ton. Also, don't forget about all of the other Orange Weekly content that we have for you all. Monday night, Orange Weekly after dark, 9 p.m. Mountain Time. Tuesday is Bourbon Broncos No BS. Uh, That show is 7 p.m. Mountain Time. We also got a pregame show halftime show as well as the ragers podcast if you're into sports betting uh the ragers podcast is an awesome way to get into sports betting if you're a beginner uh, or if you just want to hear the sports betting lines of the day so obviously we have a lot of stuff here for you at orange weekly we got you guys we got you guys all covered when it comes to your broncos news but without any further delay it is time to talk about this very awesome very cool broncos win Again, welcome to the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's up, Broncos country? How you doing? Uh, John and Kev Dan here. Welcome to the Orange Weekly Post Game Podcast. Uh, John, here we are once again in yet another September where the Broncos lose, uh, starting 0-1. and one. It's <laughs> super depressing. Um, right? Kevin, this is not the way to start this first podcast of the season i'm we gotta be hyped man we just won our first episode game in three years i didn't dream that uh i felt a little negativity when i felt i thought we were gonna be jumping up in the air and screaming how sad we were to win again i might have been yesterday (laughs) (laughs) but it is good to see you my friend and uh welcome everybody that's gonna be able to watch us today for this post game podcast yeah. Uh, so if you don't know, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this at any one of the podcast locations, uh, we are doing this live on YouTube. Uh, so we'll do this, uh, you know, usually Sunday or Monday evenings live on YouTube. You can come by, uh, watch it, watch it with us. We'll answer some of your comments, questions at the end of it. Uh, but we're going to treat it like just our normal post game podcast. Uh, and today, John, we got a lot of awesome, fun things to talk about. Uh, of course, there's some not so good things to talk about. We'll talk about the injury front here in a little bit. Um, but big picture, 
Uh, Broncos on the road to start the season with a, yet another quarterback uh, at the helm, and we're able to uh, – I mean, we didn't silence the crowd. I mean, they stayed in it uh, pretty much through the majority of the fourth quarter until they started to leave. Uh, we were able to control the ball, man. We looked we looked fairly decent pretty much the entire game. Yeah, I think it took a little a little bit to get going there. I was a little worried at the beginning that we were going to be in in it again, another 14 to 10, 14 to 7 game. Uh, but they started connecting and it was awesome. Um, it, it felt like we were on the other side of what we've been feeling for the last couple of years where teams are just controlling the clock, they're running drives on us and and our offense isn't doing anything. It, it was nice to be on the reverse side for for once in a, in a while. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, and, and so if you want to start, you know, if we want to look at the game, you know, we go out there. Uh, I think we can all agree uh, slow start for, for both teams. And look, it's week one football. It's going to be sloppy across the board. Uh, a lot of big news, you know, uh, people focusing on Von Miller. Uh, uh, Barkley was back uh, for the Giants looking to see what he was going to do. Cortland Sun was back for us. We can see what he was going to do. Uh, we were without Chubb. And I think that was a smart decision. Obviously, he wasn't 100%. So, um, but, you know, we're all looking to see what these, you know, I think there was four total players uh, between the two teams that uh, were out last year due to injury. And we're all waiting yeah. to see what these guys do when they come back. And uh, lo and behold, um, once we get our feet underneath us, you know, and players like Von Miller, who really didn't get any playing time in preseason, uh, man, they just came out and looked like a beast. Man, yeah, Von Miller looked like he was back, didn't he? I mean, that looked like Von Miller of old. I'm excited to see how many sacks he's going to rack up this year. And, and once we get Chubb on the other side, it's going to be – it's already a hard game for, for other offenses – the, the offense that we're playing each week. Um it's, it's only going to get worse from here for them. Oh, uh, sure. With Chubb coming back. So, yeah, yeah. that's going to be so much fun to watch. He, Von Miller, two sacks on the day. He started off uh, with a, a tackle for loss on that first drive, I believe. Uh, he, he can't, it just can't say enough how, how good he looked yesterday. So, two yeah, two sacks, one tackle for loss. Um, I think overall I, it's tough to say what the – defense could have done better for it being a week one matchup. You know, they, they played really, really well. Pat Sertan was only out there for 16 plays, uh, which was to be expected. He wasn't out there a lot. Um, I know that was someone that we were all, we're all ready to see yeah. him go out there yeah. more. Right. Yeah, we are. Um, but unless you see them in the, the third and long uh, type of situations, he's really not going to be out there too much. Um, but uh, we were able to, Really bend and not break, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Jones had that fumble. Uh, that was his one turnover. We were waiting for him to throw an interception too. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, thinking about the game today, I was trying to come up with something that, you know, what could the defense have done better? And I, I don't know. Well, I think in the first half, there was some surprising first downs that they got. I felt like Fuller um, and Sertan. Sertan gave up that big touchdown. We, we know that. I think, to your point, to how much he played, I think it's going to increase throughout the season the more comfortable he gets as a rookie. Um, wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year if he's in you know 60 to 70% of the snaps on defense by the end of the year. Right. Um, and, and yeah, they were picking on them. I, they finally got their feet under them. And I say finally, I mean, we didn't get, we, we gave up that one touchdown really until the last drive. 
the second half, they they really did look like that defense that we were expecting as far as the secondary goes. Mm-hmm. Um, tough to watch Sertan get picked on – not picked on, but not make that tackle and allow that huge touchdown. But that was the, really the one play that uh, yeah. that we can really look at and, and really pick at. Aside from that, they were amazing um, across the board. You know, it's exactly as advertised. You know, I think that's what they said on on, on TV yesterday, and hundred uh, percent. And it, it, yeah, for me, I can only imagine. You know, what the week one defense going out there if they play that well. Uh, yes, it's the Giants. We get it. They're not like the best team. However, they were. I think the stat on TV showed that uh, they were the number one uh, most effective in the red zone uh, last year. Uh, you know, and we we held them to seven points. You want to give them that, you know, soft touchdown at the end, which is whatever. Just don't anybody get hurt. <laughs> like, right. just let them get the touchdown with the last second in the game or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just uh, – they – waiting for them to play five, six, seven, eight weeks from now, uh, they're going to be deadly. Absolutely. It's only getting better from here. Uh, yes, it was the Giants and and from the defense. Like, they have good receivers. I think they're going to put up surprising points this year. I don't know how many games they're going to win. But I was also surprised by their defense. I thought their defense actually played pretty well, too. And, uh, you know, that's what a lot of people were saying before the game. It was an underrated defense that's probably not going to get a lot of credit. And I, I thought they showed up. And, and I think we just wore them down uh, on defense pretty much like, like I said, teams did to us the last two years where our defense just gets tired. Well, that was, we saw the reverse side of that this week, which was awesome. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know how much more you want to talk about the defense. Cause I know we're all excited to, to get to this offense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing is I could, we could just spend all day on the defense and just break it down and, and just, you know, goo goo and gaga over them. Right. Yeah. And then surprisingly we got the offense that looked you know, pretty freaking phenomenal as well. Um, not pretty a lot of times, um, but we were able to, uh, okay, you want to call that one turnover that I think maybe, uh, mm, I uh, think, I think it wasn't, it wasn't an interception. It was a sort of maybe kind of fumble um, that, you know, at the end of a long drive, uh, but you think about, it, I mean, we controlled the ball. Uh, we we took so much time uh, off the uh, off the clock there uh, that um, it was it was almost embarrassing for the for the Giants. They just could not get us off the field, man. Yeah, you know, I was kind of looking through the the play by play, and I was like, wow, we, I could have sworn we scored some points in the first quarter. Uh, but no, that that first drive that we scored on started in the with seven minutes to go in the first quarter, and we didn't score until it was an eight or nine minute drive, yeah. uh, and that's what we want to see: is just stay on the field, be uh, efficient. Which I mean, man, if you want to talk about efficiency, Bridgewater he brought it yesterday with the passing game, um, and you know, before we really touch on on Bridgewater, you know, he he was the most. They showed a stat right after halftime. He was number five of a, any single game for a Broncos quarterback in efficiency. Mm-hmm. Three three incompletions in that in that first half. So, I mean, I don't know about you, Kevin, but it just felt like we finally have a new a new quarterback that could take us, you know, on, on a nice playoff run this year. And and here's the thing with look, and I'm not bashing Teddy. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, what he did was ph- phenomenal. 
the way he improvised and moved around in some of those situations, like I think it was our second touchdown um, to Okwebenam. Um, you know, he ran out of the pocket. He ev- he evaded the the sack. It was on the fourth and one, fourth and two play right there. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal movement. Phenomenal, uh, just being able to read the field, read what's going on. Can he do this consistently? Right. But a lot of the plays he was making, like he had guys hanging on to them, and he was just you push them up like like there's yeah. nothing. And uh, the thing I like the most about that is he he never looked scared or like panicked. You know, even mm-hmm. when he was scrambling, he still looked in control. Um, that one throw that you know kind of had the hair on the back on the back right neck up is when he's going outside the pocket and he throws across his body, and I mean. We'll talk about Hamler here in a second, but that was a really nice catch for Hamler to on a, on a third down to keep the drive alive. Yep. Just looking at the time of possession, we were you know we had a thirty five minutes total, and uh, Giants had twenty four. So if we are winning that, not losing the turnover battle, yes, it was a a, a zero overall uh, because of that fumble. Which anybody watching on TV, I I didn't get in a pretty good argument. I think it's hard to find someone that has a good case to say that was truly a fumble recovery on that that drive. I- I think that was the situation where it was based off what call was made on the field. 100%. You couldn't overturn it either way. I get that. I understand. But to it's me, it's like putting the two the two camera angles that we had together, I thought it was pretty crystal clear that he was out of bounds when he got possession, which is the whole point of, of replay. Like, what's the point if you're not going to use it? Um, exactly. I, um, whatever. It doesn't matter. We won. I think – you could make an argument though between that and uh, and that one drop pass from Hamler, we could have very easily had fourteen more points on the board. And I mean, yeah, I felt like it was already a blowout in the first place, but now you're talking about a straight on on route. Oh, it was. Oh, it was a blowout. I mean, it, you take one second away somewhere else in that second half, yeah. and we win twenty-seven to seven. Yeah. You know, then you get that Hamler uh, touchdown. And what we went thirty-four to seven. I mean, this game was as solid as it could have been. Um, and I'm okay that we gave up thirteen points because that last touchdown, like I said, was just. I, I, I was even surprised our defense was out there. Like, <laughs> hey guys, just just we've already had a couple of, we, an injury. Just let let them snap the ball and just walk it in. We're done. <laughs> like, don't don't do anything. Yes. You know. Yeah, I think overall. Uh, from that standpoint, we, we were lucky to, to come away from the game without any. We had one big injury, which we'll talk about. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad no one got hurt on that final play. That meant literally nothing for the game. Um, and, yeah, that's the, that's the win we were all looking for and hoping for. And uh, for me, I was expecting it. But I think I was definitely one of the more optimistic uh, people when it, when it came to how, the, how, how this play was going to play out. Yeah. Um, but it, it just felt good. Bridgewater looks – what I loved about Bridgewater – um, was everyone talked about his efficiency. You know, he's going to be safe with the ball. He's not going to turn it over, which, by the way, he didn't. That was so important not to have an interception. Um, you know, we, no no fumble sacks or anything like that. Um, but he was taking shots downfield, too. You know, he wasn't – not every play it was, was surprising. Um, that one – that throw to Hamler was on the money. Um, could it have been more perfect? Sure, yes. But you got a wide-open guy in the end zone. You hit him in the hands. I don't know what more you want from quarterback. Uh, uh, and at that point, you look at Hamler too and say, "Could you have made a, a little better adjustment en route to the end zone? You know, to put yourself yeah. in that better position, right?" I, I mean, look, 
next week and from here on out the rest of the season, that, that ball is not going to get dropped. Like Hamler is not going to drop that ball. You know, that was a week one, just mistake. I think so. If you look, if you talk to any wide receiver, they're going to be like, no, that that's my ball to catch. There's no way I'm dropping that. And look to Hamler's credit. That was obviously his biggest down, down, side of the game but he he made a couple of really nice catches too um, yeah. and a couple of yeah, them i think fourth, were on third down so third down yeah um yeah i'm not really worried about that being a consistent issue throughout the season for him so i mean that but that's the uh, one question that i think f- for me and a lot of people have is um can teddy be consistent you know we didn't see him really in a, a preseason training camp um, training camp, especially, you know, but we didn't see him consistent every day in, in training camp. You know, it was one day he was really good. One day he was throwing two, three interceptions. Again, it's against our defense, which is really freaking good defense. Right. Um, but can he maintain that, uh, as teams figure out how we're using him and, and what he's able to do, uh, stay calm, stay collected, uh, and, and not freak out in the pocket and not turn over the ball. The good thing, I mean, looking at his throws yesterday, there weren't really any that I can remember anyway, that, uh, it looked like, oh, that really could have been intercepted. Right. Like there weren't really any of those. So, you know, he was being really smart with the football. Yeah. 100%. Like I said, like, like we talked about before, he just, his pocket presence is it's so relieving to have a quarterback on the Broncos that just just gets it and has it. And uh, yes, we want to see that moving forward. I, I love how we come out in this this season with our schedule. I would say playing a softer schedule these first three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Let that build his confidence, and and so he yep. can go into those big games feeling like he he you know finally has this offense under him, and um, you know has has all the skills and ability to to make plays against good teams. No, exactly. I mean, that's not just him, too. That's the entire team. Let them gel. Let them get together, you know, so that by week four, when uh, the, the Ravens come to town and the Ravens are already pretty beat up, it's going to be interesting to see how they play. Um, yeah, they still Lamar, Lamar Jackson and stuff, obviously, in a pretty good defense. But, um, you know, with no, you know, with like, what, the third or fourth string running back starting for him. I mean, uh, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be their number two running back. Uh, if, yeah, um, if not number one by that point. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, they got the injury bug out over there. So they're coming to Denver. Um, I tell you what, we, you know, because I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood, we beat Jacksonville. Uh, that that crowd in Mile High against the Jets is going to be electric. Uh, and now you're talking about possibly being three and zero going into the game against Baltimore at home. That crowd, I am so excited to be there for for those games. Uh, for, I mean, for any game, but uh, <laughs> it, that's that stadium is going to be so loud and energized, uh, and probably more than it's been since the Peyton Manning era. Yeah, if we're three and zero coming to that game, uh, it's going to be it's going to be loud, and I'm excited to be there. I know you're excited to be there for that game. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, depending on how the Ravens look at that point with the, the, their injuries, they're all massive injuries that they have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we might go into that game as the favorite. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yep. Um, depending on what happens, like, they're not going to get any better from an injury standpoint uh, from now to week four. So, and we don't really need to touch on the Ravens too much right now because we will we'll have plenty of talking about to do, to do <laughs> the Ravens routine now and then. Um, but yeah, I, I I do feel bad for them a little bit. I kind of feel like they're in the position we were at at this point last year with all the injury issues we had. 
yeah. And unfortunately, that's just the nature of the NFL. Can't do much about that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very much excited to be at that game. So speaking about uh, us being favorites or not favorites or whatever it is, uh, talking about sports betting, uh, don't forget, everyone, that we do have a Ragers podcast. That is the Ragers podcast, R-A-Y-G-E-R-S. Uh, Ray does a great job breaking down the upcoming game, explaining what bets he's taking for that Broncos game, not just, hey, I'm a Broncos fan, I'm going to pick you know, all of these Broncos bets. Uh, he tells you what, which ones he's taking and why kind of has a pregame feel to it as well uh, through the lens of sports betting. Uh, and he's done really well. I mean, this is, this is his thing. This is his bread and butter. Uh, and so he, I think he's been doing the Raiders podcast. This is his third year now, I believe. Uh, so officially uh, he's been, you know, winning the last two years. Uh, he's won more bets than he's lost. Uh, but he's been doing it a whole lot longer than that and usually comes out on top so much in the fact that I, uh, you know, we, some of us have sent him money and just asked him to uh, manage the, the pot of money uh, and make sports bets uh, for us all. And so, um, but uh, I know a couple of us here at Orange Weekly did that and you can uh, check that out as well. So check out the, the Ragers podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. They're gonna, they're doing that. Uh, and then also if you appreciate or if you're, if you like the show uh, so far and you've listened to our other podcasts and stuff, make sure you hit that subscribe button uh the like button whatever it is if you're watching us on youtube subscribe to us over there uh follow us on social media uh with all of our other shows monday nights uh, we got orange weekly after dark at 9 p.m we also got the flagship show bourbon broncos no bs tuesday nights 7 p.m mountain time we also got a pre-game show about an hour before kickoff and our halftime hash show as well uh and then i am going to leave the pregame podcast on my list last because there you have the easy job. If you didn't know this, John, we have, this is the harder of the podcasts. Of course. Um, and uh, they, they just get to sit there and, and make things up and say, I think this is going to happen. We have to actually analyze. So um, yeah. And I wouldn't want it any other, any other way, but yeah, a huge shout out to Ray over at Ragers. Check him out. I know I won four out of the five bets I took from him this week. You yep. can't do 80% with anyone else you're following when it comes to betting. You're happy if you're getting 55% of your bets. Yeah. Uh, and, and those are the professionals, honestly. So uh, he, he acts like this is his job, man. Like he is looking at these numbers 24 seven. It seems like sometimes oh, but so, he is. Uh, I'm excited to keep following him and, and taking his bets. Uh, the one that let us down, and probably the one that I was most surprised about, was our defense not getting an interception yep. from Daniel Jones. I mean, what would not? That was the one that I thought, aside from the Melvin Gordon sure. bet that you talked about, uh, I thought that was one of the safest bets we had this week. Yep, me too. Me too. And we came close a couple times, but. Uh, we we came close on like the second to last play with that's Justin sure Simmons did. in the end zone. It was a, it was a gimme. And, uh, yep. God, we all oh well. Side and said, "Well, that's not bad." I was really hoping with that one second left on the clock, we were going to get that interception. That would. Oh, uh, I was like, "Ooh, one more try." Best, <laughs> exactly, best capper for the game. But uh, next time, next time for sure. Next time for sure. Um, um, okay, John. One thing. Uh, so let's move on to uh, something else that I think uh, has a lot of people talking. Um, other than the injuries, we will get to that here in just a second. But uh, what do you think about uh, Coach Fangio's coaching style? I mean, the big thing was we went uh, for on fourth down three separate yeah. times. The first one was probably the biggest, uh, where it was uh, you know a few minutes before halftime. We're midfield. It's four and two, I believe. Um, and you know, if you don't get that, uh, you're you're losing already seven to three. And now the Giants have the ball half you know midfield 
with plenty of time to just get in field goal range or even get a touchdown before going half. And now you're losing 14 to three going into halftime. So uh, in general, what do you feel about uh, Fangio and uh, just kind of the, uh, the aggressive nature that we saw for him for the first time since he's taken over? Yeah, well, so for you, you had that first fourth down on our first scoring drive, which was the field goal. And that one was the one that I think I, I was just surprised on that one because I think it would have been about a 55-yard field goal um, if we had gone for it. So I, I didn't know, you know, what the wind situation was like. I didn't know if they would have been kicking in the wind and or just the winds were certainly. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I know that that stadium is kind of known for that. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe that had part to do with it because, um, man, it was, I think, fourth and seven right it there. Was. It was fourth and um, and, and Bridgewater comes up with a nice play to, to Tim Patrick, who, yeah, we, we can talk about our playmakers here in a second. But um, um, so that, that surprised me. And to go for it three three times on fourth, on fourth down, when I think all those times we would have been either kicking field goals or punting. Um, like you said, the one right before halftime where, yeah, we don't get it. That could be a, a huge momentum swing. Um, instead, it works out. We go down and score the touchdown right before halftime. Um, and, and it felt like we should have been way ahead at that point anyways going into halftime. Mm-hmm. But uh, to me, I, I have very mixed feelings, for one, <laughs> when it comes to – I don't know. Do you feel like Fangio's coaching? Like, I mean, he knows his job's on the line this year. Do you right. think he's going to take more risks like that? Or do you think that – you know, if we had reversed it and, or, or set the clock back a year, do you think he's going for that that many times? I mean, I would say historically, no. No. I, I would say this tells you a couple of things. For me, it well, for me, it tells me, one, he trusts Teddy more than he ever trusted Drew. I, I really believe that. Two, when you're playing teams like the Chiefs, uh, you're going to have to take those chances on fourth downs oh, yeah. to keep those drives alive because the last thing you want to do is punt the ball and give it back to Mahomes, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so if you can, you know, get those in-game experiences now early in the season uh, and be known as a team that uh, is going to uh, potentially go forward on fourth down, even if it's a um, mid game kind of situation, not a absolutely have to situation. Uh, you know, it's going to throw the other teams off, you know, Hey, are they doing this just to try to draw the penalty? Um, that could get, right. or, or are they actually going to do that? And that could lead to the other team, you know, jumping off sides. And so it's, it's kind of messing with other teams like, Oh, they're being a lot more aggressive. You know, do we need to just sit here and stay planted? Um, or, or what? So I think there's a couple different variables in there. One, we, he, uh, Fangio trusts Bridgewater a whole lot more than he trusted Drew. Two, it's causing more chaos for the opposing team. Uh, and three, if we want a chance to beat the Chiefs at least once, we are going to have to take some of those fourth down conversion chances to be able to keep our drives alive. Yeah. Yeah, I think, that again, the one that was the most surprising was that fourth and seven. I get it. If it's fourth and one, fourth and two, we had that twice and, and converted both of them. One for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it could have been a situation, too, on that one right before halftime. You know, he might have went out there and told him, look, if you if the defense comes out and you like it, you know, hike the ball. And if, if you're not liking it, we'll call a timeout. We'll we'll punt it, whatever. We'll go into halftime, um, you know, with, with the situation we got. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe he left it up to Bridgewater. We, we'll, but that's we'll trust. <laughs> that's trust, you know. It is. It yeah, is 100%. 
I would agree 100% that he trusts Bridgewater. I mean, I, I'd say I trust Bridgewater more than, than more than Locke in those in those situations. He just has that presence that we haven't seen in a while. Um, and, and nothing against Drew Locke, but Bridgewater just been doing it longer. And uh, you know, it, it sucks the way his career has turned out. Maybe not for Broncos fans right now, but uh, it, you know, who knows where he'd be at if he didn't have that huge injury years oh, ago? Oh, sure. Um, cause he was a good quarterback before that. I mean, he was a pro bowl quarterback yep. um, that year before. So look, Hey, maybe that's the Bridgewater we got this year. And if it is, well, I mean, it's way too early, but look, we got our quarterback for the future. Kevin, look, you're talking about a guy who is healthy, um, who has a fresh start, uh, on this team, uh, that he hasn't had before with a team that, uh, is better equipped uh, better playmakers around him than he, any team he's ever had, even out there in Minnesota. So, um, yeah. you know, I think he's looking at this as a, look, this is my chance. Like, you know, I've gotten a second chance to kind of reset the clock here with a, a great fan base and a great football town um, and really show my skills that, uh, that I had coming out of college. Uh, and how many people get a chance like that? You know, you have an injury that takes almost two years to recover as a quarterback. You're, you're not really going to be taken seriously most places anymore. Um, and I think, um, heck it's kind of too early to tell. I don't want to jinx anything, but you know, you saw what we did with, uh, Peyton. They said Peyton was done, you know, like he's washed up his injury, you know, and we went out there, gave him another chance and look what he did not to compare Bridgewater to Peyton. I'm not, but, but, you know, he's, well, he's looking at, at this first, thing. Here I go. Like, this is it, man. I got a chance. If you look at the first half stats with his efficiency, you very easily could compare him to Peyton. Uh, we missed out on, on 14 points um, with that fumble and that drop uh, touchdown. Uh, he was efficient. What can you say? Um, and and look, he's only 28 years old. It seems like he's been around a lot longer. He kind of proved himself with the Saints as their backup, having to play and fill in for Drew Brees a few years ago. That's what gave him the opportunity in Carolina. Didn't have the greatest year with Carolina, right? But um, look, like you said, this is a, the, the most weapons he's ever had. Um, and, and he showed it yesterday, nine receptions or, or – uh, reception to nine different receivers, uh, which we know we have the talent there. Uh-huh. So no surprise, I guess, that nine of our guys are catching the ball. But he knows how to get it to the guy that's open. And and we saw that yesterday. Yep. 20, what, 28 of 36, I think, by the end of the game? I so, believe so. That's uh, huge. No, and, and no intercep- interceptions, most importantly. Yes, we had the fumble, but I say BS to that. Um he didn't. He didn't get sacked for a fumble. I, I just loved everything I saw from from Bridgewater. Hundred percent. Okay. Unfortunately, we have. Uh, I've been putting this off because I don't want to talk about it. Let's start with uh, Glasgow. Uh, I don't think a lot of people understand the, or, or really know uh, what the situation is with him. So, uh, sounds like during the game early on, he started noticing that it felt like his heartbeat was. Uh, you know, racing a little bit more than normal, pounding a little bit harder than normal. I uh, tried to play through it, and uh, he, he played throughout the entire game except for the, the last few snaps there. Yeah. Um, out of precaution, they took him to the hospital there out in New Jersey. Uh, they did some tests. Everything looks okay. Uh, they were saying, you know, like in a regular heartbeat, but there was nothing that they could definitively find. So, uh, he is flying back to Denver tomorrow uh, uh, with the team. I thought, uh, and 
the uh, the plan early on was, I guess, the team was going to stay in Jacksonville, uh, you know, get used to the Florida heat and everything. But I guess they're coming back to Denver. Um, but uh, so I correct myself on that. Uh, either way, Glasgow is coming back tomorrow on a private jet after resting tonight in the team hotel. Uh, and we'll be getting checked out by more doctors and uh, the, the team um, athletic trainers and stuff out here. So uh, not sure really at this point. If it's uh, if we can expect to see him on the field um, uh, against Jacksonville, um, to be honest with you, so a lot of question marks in the air. Um, obviously, his health, especially when it comes to you know heart issues, like that's not something we want to mess around with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect him to stay back in Denver as they really go through a, a bunch of tests and make sure that they're not missing something more severe. Right. Yeah, I think it's going to be a wait and see this week. Uh, I'm sure it'll come out with more news tomorrow. And as the week progresses, kind of a, a, a very scary situation, especially for a guy his size um, when you start talking about heart issues. So, you know, hopefully it was a fluke thing. Um, but yeah, we're, I don't think anyone should expect to see him on Sunday. I'm not saying that he's not going to play on Sunday, but it won't be surprised if that's not the case. And, and we really don't know much <laughs> of what's going on there. Um, so it's going to be a, a wait and see with, with what they come out on him. But uh, yeah, that one. And then obviously Judy. Uh, so yep. <laughs> that one was the big one, the scary one that looked like, as I think everyone saw that play and thought immediately, you know, his season's over with the way yep. that looked lie on, on my television. Um, doesn't sound like it's, it's a broken bone, high ankle sprains. What I saw yep. um, They're they're hoping for a four to six week window where he's going to be out. So that's, that's huge, honestly. Um, I think that was kind of best case scenario. We're obviously going to have to wait and see how he responds uh, to, to that, to, to that injury when he comes, when he does come back, having to test that ankle, you know, his, so much of his game is being able to make cuts on, on his feet um, and, and making defenders lose them as he's running his routes. So yep. that is like the biggest part of his game. That's what he's well known for. So I'm just praying that this isn't something that's going to linger for him. And you know what? It very well could linger through the season. You know, he's going to have to play through it and play smart. Um, and hopefully it just doesn't bring down his his play quality to the point where now he's no longer a threat. I think he's talented enough of a player uh, in this being his second year that he's going to be able to still be a threat. Um, I think it's – it look, just based off of what I've heard today alone and me not being an expert <laughs> at all when right. it comes to medical injuries, right. uh, six weeks, you know, I'd rather, you know, them not rush him out back uh, to the field, get the full six weeks, get ready. Cause you know, we have the chiefs twice as you know, still in the second half of the season and, right. and some of these other, you know, bigger games in the second half of the season. So uh, I'd rather him come back out there, um, be ready to play when, uh, when that's ready to go. Um, now he is young as well, so it could be the four week mark, you know, it's really just kind of based off of, um, you know, how quickly it heals, but, uh, I'm, I'm personally not going to hold my breath for anything before six weeks. Um, but then if we get him back after that and he's uh, healthy, uh, man, we're good to go. Now, good news is, you know, who's going to step up in his place, Tim Patrick and Holy crap. Like, look, what did we see from Tim Patrick last year? I mean, I am not concerned in that we've lost Jerry Judy. It sucks. It's a big blow, but uh, I'm really glad we didn't get rid of Tim Patrick this offseason because this guy can play. Yeah. The, the nice thing is that we don't need to rush Judy back. We have the depth at wide receiver, not just the depth, but the talent at wide receiver 
our top four wide receivers could be number number one, number twos on a lot of teams in the NFL. So we have to forget last season. Look at Tim Patrick yesterday. He, I mean, he was out there. They have him as, as our number three wide receiver. I would, I would probably expected Hamler to be in that situation, but he uh-huh. played and he had three receptions, 39 yards, and he had a really nice touchdown, uh, our first touchdown of the game. So yeah, don't need to rush Judy back. Let him heal. He um, was a first round pick for a reason. We want him to be our future. We don't need to go all out to get him back. So yep. let's let our other guys step up and we know that they can. Um, between Hamler, Patrick, and uh, and Cortland Sutton. Biggest surprise of our playmakers yesterday was Sutton only getting one catch for 14 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought he was going to be involved more. I think we can, with Judy being out, expect more to go to Sutton's way. But it goes back to Bridgewater and just finding the open man. I think they were exactly. covering Sutton, um, and rightfully so, and, and putting those those double teams on, on Sutton, um, which, yep. which forced the, the pass to go elsewhere. So, um I didn't really get to see enough from, from, from Sutton yesterday. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, if you're in any team looking at how are we going to defend against uh, the Broncos offense, I think one of the immediate answers is double, you know, put two men on on uh, Sutton and see what, uh, uh, what, you know, what they can do, forcing them to throw to other players. I think we proved definitively yesterday that, you can, you know, double team Sutton all day long. It is not yeah. going to impact our ability to move the field or move the ball down the field, either with the run or the pass game. Um, right. And so now what do you do if you're the opposing defense? You know, like, okay, well, <laughs> that new look at what the Giants did. That didn't work. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and, and it looked like um, Bridgewater's favorite receivers could be Noah Fant this year. He yeah. was open, targeted eight times uh, for six receptions, 62 yards. He was his go-to guy. And Hammer, I mean, you keep going down this list, and you, you really never run out of names of guys that can make plays on this offense. So there's going to be games where our number one receiver in Cortland Sutton is just apparently going to have less than 20 yards in one reception. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing when you're winning, you know, 27 to, to 13 should have been 41 to 13. Forget everything else, 27 to 7. I mean, they got lucky. They got a gimme on that last uh, touchdown. The clock just didn't expire one second sooner. So, um, but, well, John, uh, let's see. So, uh, everyone, don't forget uh, we got the uh, uh, all the other uh, list of shows that I, I put out there for you all earlier uh, and podcasts. Uh, even though we give them a hard time, make sure you check out the uh, Orange Weekly pregame podcast. They do a great job. We love them, uh, uh, especially, you know, the uh, the team visor guys over there. Jared, you're fantastic. Uh, David, you need to be- get a better choice of hat wear. Um, and, uh, but he we'll can't even defend that. himself. That's okay. That's okay. We'll see what he comes with. Well, this is his test to see if he listens to the podcast or not. Um, uh, and, of course, I'm going to say you better go listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> but what, uh, what thoughts do you have there, John, as we start looking towards, uh, you know, beating Jacksonville? Well, yeah. And the one thing we really haven't touched on was our, our rushing game yesterday. Oh uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second, man. They, they split it pretty evenly between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. And, um, I think we can look forward to that just balanced offense. You know, we threw it, um, we threw it 36 times and we ran it 28 times, three of those being from Bridgewater. We, we want to get close to that 50-50 spread between the two. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, now you're handing the ball off to two separate guys 50% of the time. So 
I think that's just going to keep both of them fresh. And I think that led to that huge run by Melvin Gordon, that 70-yard touchdown uh, run, just ha- allowing him to be, uh, you know, not be winded that late in the game, putting the pressure on the defense to to, to stay athletic and, and, and having the win to catch him. And they couldn't. Um, so I think that's going to be huge moving forward. Javante Williams already looks like a beast. Melvin Gordon looks like he's trying to prove something, which – I think we can all agree he is, and he's trying to prove that he's still a top 10 running back in this league and not going to let a rookie un- unseat him. But look, Javante Williams <laughs> got, got three more carries in him. So we'll see. We'll, we'll watch that as the season goes. But either way, these guys both look you know confident back there. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're uh, you know, averaging – I mean, Gordon, Gordon had that long run, right. but 9.2 yards. But uh, Javante Williams, 3.2 yards. Uh, per carry if you're averaging three yards carry you're doing really good yeah overall 5.9 with that huge run that's uh you got it that outliers that 70 yard run so before that but again that comes down to just wearing out the defense and that's what's going to allow for those long runs later in the game um so yes it's an outlier a little bit compared to the rest of the game but all the it all really goes to the, the the how the, the, the game is going, the flow of the game, and, and just wearing out a defense. Yep. I love it, man. Yeah. And then special teams, you know, still didn't love the coverage, you know, 100%. Nope. They averaged 33 yards a return on the kickoffs. Punt returns, you know, they only have one. Um, so that, that's going to be the one area that we're going to have to keep watching as the season goes, I think. Sure. And, you know, just remember, I mean, last year we were bottom of the barrel um, by a lot. And so looking at kind of um, our stats here, if I can pull that up, um, I kind of want to see where we're at. But it's, you know, we don't need to be the number one team in the league by by any means, right? Um, But looking at this, they had us graded – uh, 16. So middle of the pack, you know, yeah. and obviously there's still two teams or uh, um, two teams left to play tonight on Monday night football. But even then, you know, middle of the pack like that is good. You know, that's <laughs> I mean, a win for us compared but, to last year. Yeah. Uh, so and look, look, we only we only had two kickoffs that were returned. We only had one punt in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Punt return looked a lot, or punt coverage looked a lot better. It's just going to be something to monitor. It, it is way too early to make it a definitive, uh, you know, statement of we really need to work on this and, and get better here. But just something to watch moving forward. Obviously, McManus he was money um, long of thirty six, so he didn't have too too many, too many long field goals to kick yesterday. But um, I don't think we're, we're never going to have to be worried about him. And then uh, Sam Martin, our punter, uh, averaging forty yards. 39 yards a, a, a punt. So it's really just going to be our our return coverage that we need to worry about when it comes to our special teams. Yep. Awesome, man. Any other uh, closing thoughts you have? Uh, no, you know, on this game, no. I think it's, like we said, exactly what we hoped for. Really excited to see this offense keep going, and we'll see um, moving on to the, the Jaguars this week, who, you know, they're coming off a game that everyone expected, myself included, for them to – to easily win. I don't think anyone was giving Houston much credit to be a, to give anybody problems this year. And um, yeah, so Jacksonville's, uh, they, they, they might have something to prove or want to prove against us. 
I will say I'm very excited for our defense to take on a rookie quarterback in his second NFL game. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to watch. Awesome. Well, it's going to be some good stuff and uh, look forward to talking to you more later through the week, John. Um, everyone who's watching or listening, remember we're going to be doing this, uh, this podcast live on YouTube Monday nights or Sunday nights. Just watch out for the, uh, the announcement. Make sure you go, uh, search for Broncos orange weekly on YouTube, uh, and hit that subscribe button. Otherwise, uh, listen uh, to us wherever you are listening to whatever podcast source you're on right now. And, uh, you're there. Boom. Winning. Boom. Everybody wins. including the Broncos (laughs) including the Broncos and let's keep that going I think 3-0 is what we're hoping for to start the season and we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with those Ravens exactly awesome man well thanks a lot dude and uh, let's uh, as always end it on a strong go Go Broncos Broncos.